Welcome back to DQP Does, the Drafted Quarters Podcast Network movie review show where we say, Go, Go Sea Devils! With me this evening is my co-host, Russell. Hi! Nice to meet you. Welcome back. That, those, that sentence didn't make sense. We also have Dave. Hey, how are you doing, buddy? I'm alright, how are you? I'm doing alright. I was going to do a quote, but I, I was afraid I messed the quote up, so I just wanted to say hi. Okay. <laughs> That's how my brain worked. Okay. <laughs> uh, we are continuing January, the month dedicated to Nick Cage with Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. 1998, rated R, an hour and 38 minutes. The hour and 38 minutes of fucking beautiful cinematography masterpiece got him so hard for this movie. It's yeah. a good movie. Uh, yeah, so um, basically a uh, corrupt detective in Atlantic City, played by Nick Cage, yep. who is uh, best friends with a uh, commander in the Navy? Air Force? Navy, I believe. Navy? Yeah, uh, Navy. Played by Gary Sinise. Um, are at a heavyweight boxing match in Atlantic City on the night of a hurricane. Tropical, Tropical storm. storm. No, it's yeah. a hurricane. It's already a hurricane. <laughs> Well, the, <laughs> They're spinning it. The, yeah, this movie was, was this 1992, 1998. Nin- oh, 98. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Thought this was later or earlier. Late. Uh, words. Yep. Uh, All right. So I love. So in 98, I love that this is this beginning that that one of the earlier scenes where the reporter is like wants to call it a hurricane yeah and like the guys coming over the radio like, like no, no, no 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 it's, it's tropical Tro- storm they want you to say tropical storm it's like <laughs> it, but it's a hurricane <laughs> just say tropical storm but anyway uh on the night of a hurricane and a political assassination during the fight dun 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 yep. uh and uh, Nick Cage's character investigates because he's sitting right in front of the person that gets shot and next to another person that gets shot but not killed. Right. Um, and uh, I mean the plot is f- the the general plot is fairly simple. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the person that gets assassinated is the Secretary of Defense. Yep. Uh, the person that owns the building uh the the fight is in is a defense contractor yep uh that just had a test of a missile defense system um that the secretary of defense signed off on so they're basically going to get a big contract from the government right um the other person that gets shot is an employee of the defense contractor trying to tell the secretary of defense that the results that he saw were doctored. Yeah. Um, so it's a conspiracy to um, stop this contract from not happening. Uh, and it's orchestrated by the Navy commander, Gary Sinise, who is the guy that's investigating its best friend. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rick, Rick Santoro. Who Santoro. Rick, Nicolas Cage's character, specifically... Because he's corrupt. Because he's corrupt. And he's he's malleable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's never... I've never killed anyone. Yeah, he's never killed anyone. I've never killed anyone. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's basically like... Um, the the way the story is told is kind of in the vein of, uh, like, not as back and forth as, like, Memento, but kind of in the same vein as that, where it's bit, like, yeah. uh, you see, oh, the whole movie is basically told from several different perspectives. Um, you know, it's, you have, uh, it's not, sometimes it is POV and sometimes it's not. Yes, but... I want to point out something very... I want to point out something kind of specific. So, like, aside from the weather scene, uh, the weather woman scene early on in the movie, like, mm. up until the reveal of Gary Sinise's character, most of it is Nicolas Cage's character's perspective. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, you get the the change in perspective to Gary Sinise as the reveal that he is the bad guy. The bad guy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, so um it like just a big part of what makes this movie uh, cuz like I basically have told you everything other than like, you know, little bits and pieces here and there throughout yeah. it. Uh Carla Gugino is uh is the uh woman that works for the contractor that gets she gets shot in the arm. Um she plays a pretty big part in the movie. Um Kevin Dunn is Lou Logan. He's like the uh like the sportscaster that is working the pay-per-view who is also friends with uh Rick. Yeah. And he and basically gives him like the exclusive rights of being the reporter in the room in exchange yeah. for money. In exchange yeah. for money. And that's 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 one scene in which we get to see the quote unquote corruption of Nicolas Cage's character. Yeah. The other one is with uh uh, Michael Rispoli as uh, Jimmy George, who's the bookie, and uh, Luis Guzman, who plays Cyrus, who's a drug yeah. dealer, and yeah. like Rick is trying to put up a bet, and with uh Jimmy, and Jimmy's like, you got to give me the money up front, and you don't know why he's asking this, and Rick doesn't either, and he's like, come on, man, I've always paid you, and he's like, yeah, but it takes you forever, blah, 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 you got to give me the money up front tonight. Uh, yeah. So like special circumstances and he doesn't understand why. Yeah. Um, and uh, while he's trying to negotiate this with uh, Jimmy, Cyrus comes out, played by Luis Guzman, and uh, Cyrus is a drug dealer. He knows Rick. Rick knows him. He chases uh, Cyrus and shakes him down. Yeah, for yeah. the money to make the bet with Jimmy. <laughs> yes, in which later you find out that Cyrus got that money from, from the Tyler b- boxer. Yeah, from Lincoln Tyler. Tyler, played by Stan Shaw, which you've probably seen him in a bunch of stuff oh, yeah. too. Yeah, um, for basically uh, running his party with you know hookers and drugs and stuff. Yeah, uh, and and you also find out that. The reason that Jimmy is 
wanting the money up front is because he has the inkling that the fix is in for Tyler to go down, <laughs> which it is uh, because people can't keep their mouths shut and a bunch of big bets are coming in against Tyler, um, which is not normal because he's a he's what, what was he? The executioner? I think oh, it was what was his name? Was? Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, and he like all he's he's going down as part of this plot to kill the Secretary of Defense. Yeah. Um, which he doesn't know. He doesn't that know they're that gonna kill somebody. Right. He doesn't know that he's just getting all of his gambling debt paid off because he has a bunch of gambling debt. He has debt, a bunch yeah. of gambling debt, and like so, you find all this stuff out through these like different perspectives throughout the movie because it's like when somebody starts getting questioned it goes to their actual pov and they run through the scene but like all of these scenes you've already seen before from like a third person perspective right and it like contextualizes everything that you already saw if you were watching the movie yeah, because like it's all there. It's yeah. not. It's not like anything. Like everything was there. Yeah. Like if you watch like the the part with Tyler, I thought was really amazing because like yes. everything about it was in the scenes when you're walking through at the beginning of the movie with Rick. Yeah, Rick sees the hole in the wall. He looks at the hole. He looks at the uh, the like lion or tiger or whatever yeah. on the wall, and he's like, "Meow." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meow. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's after he comes to question him, but before that, when he's just like walking through the casino and then yeah. into the arena, he like sees Jimmy. Yeah. And like the uh, Cyrus gets kicked out, um, and like he sees Tyler arguing with his lawyer. The lawyer closes the door in his yeah. face. Yeah. And like all of that stuff is there. Yeah. And, like, all these scenes go together so well, and they're perfect, except for when they're not. And you're like, well, that's weird. But then you find out the reason they're not is because someone is lying. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. And that, that it's just, like, so wonderfully put together. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I've actually never seen this movie before. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. And I really dug it. I really yeah. dug it. It's, um... There's a lot of really long scenes that include the these like different POV parts. Yeah. Um like long shots, uh particularly the one I was just talking about where Rick is walking through the um the arena uh trying to find Jimmy and uh sees Tyler and says says stuff to Tyler, but it's like just one camera, long yeah. line, long shot you know, without seemingly any edits, there might be some, but yeah, there's, and there's a lot of these shots where it's just like following one camera through a long part and it, and it, it makes for a very interesting feel to the movie. And I really, really enjoy it. Like when it, when it has like your normal, like coverage shots and cuts and stuff, it still feels good. And it doesn't like, make the movie feel different but like i really enjoy those other shots that are like you're just like you're following this one character and you're like kind of going around them around behind them to the other side and stuff and seeing kind of what they're seeing but not 
direct pov but then it changes like later they're telling the story and then it's from their pov or from somebody somebody else is telling the story of the same time and like you see the same shit but maybe you see it from a different perspective and you're like oh wait that matters yeah and like it's super cool i fucking love it yeah it's the uh the way the way this film is put together the way it's shot like everything is so like it's so good it's so tight too like it is, yeah. Like there's no real fluff to it. Like the only the only fluff you get is the misdirect, and it's a misdirect on purpose when he gets the right. phone call from the woman uh, that's across the stands yelling, "Hey, I'm your lucky number, M- number right? seven. Yeah. So like, I kept waiting. I was like, okay, but who was on the phone? Like, you still have to tell me who was on the phone. Like, that's you still haven't told. And then he's like, he like flashes back to it real quick, and it's like oh that was like a misdirect because it seems as if he's getting a phone call about what's about to happen yeah. when it happens and then that's not what the phone call is about the phone call was just a misdirect just a mis- yeah bringing back a piece of conversation from earlier but in, uh, it, it ends up giving him a huge part of the uh right because he sees the yeah i the, the, eye the, camera, the, the eye in the sky the camera that wasn't supposed to be there right so it's still like it's still tied in and right. it still matters and it's uh it works as a misdirect and also leads him down a different path that doesn't make it feel like it's just random happenstance of him stumbling across it yeah which like you can get away with the the random happen stuff thing i usually complain about when it's not like a detective because like it would make sense for a detective to look at something and be like wait, why is that thing right there instead of over there where it would usually be? Right. Like, so the random happenstance they usually, you know, with detectives and mysteries, like, kind of give a little bit of leeway on. But I loved how that was done. Like, it was done so well. Like, it took a thing, it fit the thing in, it gave you a weird misdirect while also ending up being a piece that led him further down the story. Agreed, yeah. So, and then with, with Gary Sinise, like, because I, I I was I thought I remembered him being the bad guy, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. And then when he gets up and talks to the redheaded chick and walks off, I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, he's the bad guy. Like he's clearly found a reason to not be in the line of fire. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, now beat me over the head with it. And then they didn't like less than 20 minutes later they were like yeah you're right he's the bad guy (laughs) and i was like thank you thank you i knew and then it became a whole different movie too because it wasn't like a mystery of who done it who's involved what's the conspiracy it was like you're like fuck rick figure it out yeah fucking figure it out rick it like before it's too late yeah it adds this weird like anxiety to the movie yeah and then it also becomes more about like well what's 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 rick gonna think yeah, is what's the line? Yeah, like it it become it goes from being this weird mystery of a whodunit, like to to like this very intimate, like what is what is, who is this character? Like yeah. what is he about? Like, and what I was, are you going to do when your friend asks you to do the worst thing? Yeah, and offers you a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I'm going to tell you why this story was so good and why the directing was so tight. Okay. Tell me. The story was written by Brian De Palma and David Cope. I feel like I should know those names. Uh, it was directed by Brian De Palma. Uh, so Brian De Palma 
uh, as a writer, let's see, Body Double, Dress to Kill, Obsession, uh, you don't really know a lot of those. Um, let's do Director. Oh, there was an error. Cool, thanks. <laughs> uh, he directed Domino, uh, Black Dahlia. We're talking and- Domino with Mickey Rourke and Kira Knightley. I think so. No, that's a different one. It's the we've, other we've had this we've conversation this a about times. Brian De Palma. Um, but David Cope, as a writer, uh, let's see. Well, he wrote the new mummy, so that's one against him. But uh, well, we also discovered that that was Tom Cruise's fault and why that movie was so bad. Yeah, uh, he also had to do with uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I don't know anything about that being bad or why it was bad. But uh, okay, here's Spider Man, two thousand two. Oh, okay. Uh, Panic Room, two thousand two. Stir of Echoes, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, Snake Eyes, nineteen ninety eight. Lost World, ninety seven. Mission Impossible, original Mission Impossible, yeah, 96. One, before Tom Cruise had the power to rent a movie. Uh, it's true. Are we just going to glance over that? No, it's true. <laughs> he. Oh. Uh, he wrote the Shadow movie. Uh, he wrote Carlito's Way. Uh, okay. Screenplay, screenplay for Jurassic Park. Uh, wrote, he wrote Death Becomes Her. Fuck. Um, yeah. So, so this guy's just awesome, is what you're telling me, right? He he's more hits than misses. Yeah. That would explain why this movie was great. Yeah. I definitely, with the list of movies you named, I should have at least known his name. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like. The acting in this was fantastic. Agreed. Uh, I mean, this yeah. this versus Vampire's Kiss. I mean, that's not really a fair comparison for Nick Cage's acting. I'm a vampire! Yeah, because like we said, we're pretty sure that that was like, not really his fault. Um, but this like shows a lot of different ranges for, for Nick. Like, yeah. contemplative, yeah. angry, uh, like, upset. Yeah, um, very specifically the scene where uh, she, uh, her name Carla. Carla, yeah. Where she's in the stairwell and he like has a minute to talk to her for yeah, he you know, finds for a out. length of time and he finds out that it's yeah, he's his in best denial and, yeah. and then he's like he's like mad at her and he doesn't he's mad at the situation then he's mad yeah. at at uh, at Kevin and then he's like in denial and then he's like trying to lead her on to make her recant what yeah. she said and, and she's like she's worried and then she fucks it up and well, he's he, like no that's not what happened fuck you're not lying <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah well you can see like she gets scared because she's like fuck you know him yeah and they have this like and so he's he like doesn't want it to be true and she thinks that he's going to kill her yeah 
because he knows it's his friend. Yeah. And she puts that, she's put that together. And then she's talking about not, not having her. She's like, well, you know, I, I didn't have my glasses. I couldn't see. And that's when he's like, fuck your glasses broke after the gunshot. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, and yep. the, the acceptance kicks in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that was a cool scene. I also like the end where he's like, you know, kind of the big hero. He's like, he's a hero. Yes. And then like, no, all the corruption comes up. up. Like, oh. Well, if we're talking about the end, let's talk about the extra like five minutes the movie goes on. (laughs) Yeah. So you can see where the redheaded chick ends up. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, why is this still going? And I like was skipping forward. And then I was like, oh, fuck, they put them in the pillars. So then it's just like people like manhandling these concrete pillars, putting in front of this, uh, uh, this new casino because the real people that were like actually the, the, the heads of this conspiracy never got in trouble. Um, yeah, it's actually a pretty dark ending. Oh, it's super dark. Uh, and like the guy just like has his hand there for forever, like on top of this thing. And like, there was a thing that I noticed and I like, I noticed it and I was like, why would they do that? I noticed like when they're putting the bodies away, they keep having these scenes where they like, cause they kill like these two, people that are involved in the conspiracy and they like put the bodies in tarps and then they show them disposing them of, of the bodies. Cause they're like in the background doing it when Nick escapes and stuff yeah. like, and you're just like, Oh, it's a thing for them to do. But while they're doing it, they like show the lady's hand and she has this big ass, like red Ruby ring on. Yeah. And I was like, why was she wearing that? Yeah. And then at the end, they're like putting these pillars up that they had put them in to encase them in concrete to hide the bodies. And the the guy's hand is over this one spot for fucking ever. And then it finally like he like they put it where it's supposed to be and he moves his hand and you can see the ring sticking out. You see the top of the fucking the ruby. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Those bodies are still at the casino. Still in the casino. Yeah, it's like it's like a reminder. It's like, hey, like you know, we only resolved like this character's part of the story. Yeah, like you get you get Carla's like part of the story resolved through dialogue at the end. Right. It it was ah the ending like even him like even Nick Cage's like because he's like a hero and then he's you see the aftermath and yeah. of like what happens when you end up in the spotlight, but you have all these skeletons in your closet Yeah, and like they all come out yep. and, and it's he's like going to go to jail or prison for like yeah. 12 to 18 months. Yeah. 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 I was surprised. I'm like, Oh, a fun Nicholas Cage action movie. I'm like, Oh, this is way more than I thought. Yeah, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot going on in this movie. It's so like, it's the most noir movie I've ever seen that doesn't have a voiceover. Yeah, it's super noir. It's pretty noir. Like, I was like, why didn't we do this when we were doing, like, noir movies? I think we brought it up. Maybe. But we didn't do it. Yeah, but it is. It is, like, it's super noir-ish. I, yeah. I love it. Like, I, like you told me after you watched it, you were you were like, I, it's better than I remember. And I was like, well, that's a breath of fresh air after what we just watched. Yeah, right. And then I was watching it, and I was like... Fuck, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't appreciate this at 12 years old. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like watched it probably around the same time, you know, maybe 13, 14, something like that. And I yeah. was like, oh, that's a good movie. 
Carly Gugino in the bras. She's hot. <laughs> I like it, that movie. I like it, that movie. Um, there is a lot of uh, sexual exploitation <laughs> of women in the movie. And I Gary Sinise's like, like whole thing is like, I got distracted by a set of tits. And Nicolas Cage is just like, oh, well, you know, it happens to everyone. Yeah, you're human. <laughs> yeah. No, Which, I mean, don't that's... worry about the Secretary of State that died that got yeah. shot on your, your watch. <laughs> well, it's his friend. He's trying to protect him. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's more tits than that. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But it is funny. And like, like, uh, Carla's character Julia, she like pretends to be a hooker to get upstairs to yeah. like get off the casino floor with '90s Josh G- Josh Gad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> he popped up and I was like, "That Josh G- Josh Gad is old enough to be in this movie." <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Who was that? Uh, David Anthony Higgins. Um. He was the guy you got when Newman was busy. I don't know. He looked a lot like Newman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David, or yeah. Uh, Mike Starr was Walt, uh, the guy, the security guy. Um, he's in tons of shit, oh, too. He's so much shit. Yeah. I actually just saw him in uh, Blacklist the other day. He, isn't he in Sopranos? Yes, he is. Okay. Oh, is he? I was Makes like, I'm pretty sense. sure he's like a main character in The Sopranos. Uh, he is um, the dude that plays in Home Alone is also in Sopranos in this movie. The guy that's in Home Alone. <clears throat> he's the dad of Kevin. Oh, uh, Kevin's yeah. Dad. Uh, yeah. Uh, where'd he go? Oh, yeah. He's like the John Hurd. John he, Hurt. He's, he's the guy that owns Millennium, right? Yeah, he's yeah. he's the uh, the defense contractor, the owner of the defense contracting company. He's also in The Sopranos. Okay. Only the first season, though. Spoilers. But, yeah, I mean, the acting in this was superb. The story was really good. The, the direction was fantastic. Yeah, dude. I, I think there was, like, a couple of plot holes that i can't remember off the top of my head now um oh one of them was the the bloody money um because he gets one he gets one blood covered bill from uh uh cyrus and he tries to give it to jimmy as part of his bet yeah and jimmy's like i'm not taking that fuck you so he still has this one bloody hundred dollar bill he puts it back in his pocket later after the shooting he gives it back to lou he gives the bloody money back to lou and tells him that all bets are off yeah yeah and then later when he's watching the video and gary sinise comes in and admits everything and offers him the million dollars uh he's like trying to do the right thing but he's like also thinking about not doing the right thing. And he looks down and he sees the bloody money on the floor and it kind of snaps him out of it. Yeah, and we don't know how it got there. And we don't know where that came from. Yeah. Uh, If Lou was in that room and threw it down, if they forgot that he had it, and... I, I would probably put money on, like, a scene that got deleted. Yeah. Where, so like... Lou just, like, Lou throwing was, it down. Yeah. But... Yeah, like that is kind of a plot hole 
if it wasn't such a pivotal scene, then I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, but like, that's really the only like that's honestly. I the, forgot that they didn't explain where that how came it got from. There. Yeah. When it happened, I was like, "Why? Why is it there?" Yeah. But this is really the only thing that I have against this movie is that like there was there was another one, but I can't remember what the fuck it was off the top of my head. But yeah, this movie was great. I loved it. Yeah. It was so good. And we didn't talk about how nice uh, Nicolas Cage's suit looked. Oh, he looked like a pimp the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that jacket was great. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. He, did, he does such a great job in this movie. Uh, since we're sucking its dick and basically that's all we can do, uh, are we ready for trivia? I think I'm so. Down. I pretty much touched all the points I wanted to touch on. You guys ready for Dave's Trivia Corner? Ready for it. Yes. You want to conspiracy on down to the corner? There's only three of us. You need five for a conspiracy. That's true. Uh, All right. You want to just go down to the corner then? No, we should probably just walk. All right. Let's walk down to the corner. Because this is Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner. Where the point of this corner is for you to say, Ooh, neat. Damn right. All right, got some hot trivia. You ready for the hot trivia, Shane? Yes. The opening 20-minute Steadicam sequence is not really one continuous shot. Oh, okay. There are numerous hidden edits, and at least 12 minutes of the sequence was done in one take. That's still a long That's still fucking quite a shot. Yeah. Uh, ooh, neat, Dave. Uh, second one. The original ending, which was a massive special effects sequence created by Industrial Light and Magic, involved a huge tidal wave going through the casino. This ending was cut out in post-production. Numerous references to it still remain in the final film. A shot near the end of the film shows an ambulance driving down an oceanside road with the wave about to crash into it before the film cuts to another shot. Yeah. Nicholas Cage's character talks about almost drowning at the very end of the film and references to a storm are made throughout the entire film which were made which were all meant to build up to the action packed climax that was cut out. Mm. That kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate the ending though and I thought when Nicholas Cage was talking about drowning, I thought he was talking about dream a dream that he drowned. Yeah, he, That's does, what, he yeah, says something yeah. about a dream, and then I also thought it was like, he talks about a dream, he says something about drowning, I thought the drowning was like a metaphor. Like he was drowning in all the corruption and stuff prior yeah. to the... So it works either way. I guess. Yeah. According to Kevin Dunn, the fact that Gary Sinise's character was named Kevin Dunn caused confusion between the two actors. <laughs> According to Dunn, much to his surprise, he was given a penthouse suite in a fancy hotel to stay in during filming. The crew realized that they had accidentally given Sinise's suite to Dunn. <laughs> Dunn had to leave and stayed at a hotel chain. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm Kevin Dunn. Oh, wow. He's already in character. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, the role of Commander Kevin Dunn was originally written for and offered to Will Smith. Whoa. Oh. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Especially at that time in his career. Yeah. Yeah, he was on fire then, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. On his way up. Like, I mean, it was, it was like the beginning, I think. Yeah. 
I don't. I, I think Independence Day was a little later. Men in Black was maybe around that time, ninety nine, two thousand, maybe. But I, ju- I just mean like as far as like his acting ability goes. Yeah. Like that would have been an interesting role for him at that time. Uh, I got some more. Yeah, let's do it. Those are pretty neat, right? Yeah, that was neat. neat. Sorry. Uh, at around an hour and 29 minutes, the mayor who, who presents the award at the end of the film is played by the real mayor of Atlantic City, Jim Whalen. Of course it was. Uh, at around an hour and 29 yeah. minutes. Because you got to get on TV and then. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at an hour and 29 minutes, the voice that is heard saying, what about the cocaine? Is that of director Brian De Palma. <laughs> Ready for this one? This one's pretty that fun. That was neat. Thank you. This one's pretty fun. Yeah. Al Pacino turned down the role of Commander Kevin Dunn. That wouldn't have made sense. About? Yeah. Yeah. He'd been like, ooh, ah, what an ass. Maybe as uh, the Powell guy. As Powell? Yeah, that yeah, made more that sense. That would have made sense. But yeah. Like, ooh, ah. Yeah. I just like, do my Al Pacino. <laughs> Uh, got a few more. Uh, Gilbert Powell is based on Donald Trump. <laughs> wow. I like that was added like a year ago. <laughs> well, uh, with some good ones here. Uh, the ringside drunk says, "Here comes the pain." A line also spoken in another Brian De Palma film, Carlito's Way. Yep. Here comes the pain. Uh, one more. All right, let's do it. Will Smith turned down the role of Commander Kevin Dunn to star in another conspiracy thriller that was also released that year, Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State. That uh, makes, which, that makes more sense. Yeah, which uh, Smith starred as a lawyer whom finds himself hunted by NSA agents when he finds himself caught up in a conspiracy. Uh, when he falls it into possession of videotape containing footage of an assassination of a political of a politician who refused to support the Telecommunication Security and Privacy Act. So fairly similar ish. Yeah. Ish. Hmm. Yeah. That's all I had for Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner. Ooh. Neat. Thanks, guys. I had one other thing that I forgot about, but I reminded myself of. Mm-hmm. The sniper uses like an MP5 with a silencer. Uh, no. <laughs> um, also, when he gets killed and he falls out, uh, the prop breaks or bends. The silencer just like goes wonky when he hits the ground. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't even see that. Yeah, You know, he made it in his garage. Yeah. No. <laughs> he made it out of rubber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody made it out of rubber. All right. That's funny. Uh, you guys ready to rate this thing? Yep. I'd rate it. Um, okay. I think uh I think I'm going to give this movie a 9. Um It's got a really good plot. Uh there's very few problems with it. Um and most of them are forgotten or overlooked 
because of the great acting, the really interesting cinematography, um, and just the like. It, it's it's like a it's considered a thriller. They actually had it as like horror suspense thriller on on Amazon, which was weird to me. Really, what? I didn't get any horror from it, but um, the rest, yeah. Which yeah, uh, definitely which is not like a, a huge difference from what we just watched previous on the last episode. But um, I don't know. This movie is just really good. If you guys haven't watched it in a while, go fucking watch it. It's uh, it's it's fantastic. I'm giving, giving it a nine. Russell? I, too, good sir, I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. I think the pacing, I don't think it could be paced any better. I don't really have a lot of bad things to say. Like, I don't have anything bad to say about the movie. Yeah. And I think the only reason I'm giving it a nine is because uh, of how hard it is to watch on... How, like it's hard to watch in high def because but that's because it's an older movie but i mean it being in 98 i feel like it shouldn't have been as grainy so like i don't know what the video quality would be like then compared to something then but i i, I don't know it might just be the high def um or just the rip that was on amazon yeah that could also be true that's um, where i watched it at i thought i had it on tape but i couldn't find it oh <laughs> i think we had it on tape at one point I know I do, I just, I have so many tapes now. But yeah, so, you know, the pacing, the pacing of the movie is fucking fantastic. I love the way the movie feels, I love the tone of the movie, I love the, I, 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 it's so cohesive, like, it's just fucking great, like, it's a great movie. Um, there are things, I think, that could have made the movie better, uh, what they are, I'm, I mean, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'd have to watch it like a couple different times, probably. Yeah. But as far as it goes, like I mean, this this is a really solid movie. Uh, it's the fucking acting is the acting is great on Nicolas Cage's part. Uh, having seen Gary Sinise and as many things as I I've seen him in, I feel like he could have done a little better. Um, some of he was just kind of. Yeah, like, I think when he was like trying to not be. When he was like lying to Rick, I think he was like a little stiff. But then when he was like telling the truth and when he was like angry and stuff, yeah, it was a lot better. Yeah, yeah. The er the early parts and then like kind of like the final scene, uh, that his his final scene. Yeah. Um, his death was kind like kind of left me. I I don't know. I think I that, that whole was a little flat. Could have been better, but yeah, especially after going through the trivia and yeah. like maybe what they had planned, like would have would have been a lot better. But the ending after the ending, <laughs> yeah, fucking what, fucking yeah. great, dudes, fucking great. Yeah, I agree. Fucking dude. so good. Um, but so I mean, there's it. There could be some things that make the movie better or make it a little bit more. Um enthralling i guess um but i mean i was in it for the most part like i never really got distracted it wasn't hard to stay like in in tone with like mm. just yeah just nine like all around great movie yeah dave i like i said earlier this is my first time watching this movie and i really didn't know what to expect i just know ah oh, sweet nicholas cage yeah uh i 
really, really enjoyed it. It was shot really well. It kept me... I was super engaged the whole movie. Um, a lot of big-name actors for the time. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Eight and a half. So is that like the first time that he's given a movie a lower score than us? I think so. I don't think so. We didn't give him a lot of room to go above us. No. Yeah. But, but still... Maybe closer to a nine, but I think eight. No, and a half. I'm not. I'm not trying to get you to change oh, no, your, your score, man. I'm you, just you, speaking you my it, truth. You give it what you give it. I just think it's funny. I mean, that's true. I do like movies way more than you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, eight and a half. Loved it. I want to watch it again. All right. I'm so excited that we're doing Nicolas Cage movies, though. Yeah. Yeah. Me Are too. You, have you ever seen Bad Lieutenant? I don't think so. Me either. Oh, fuck, bud. No, I haven't watched it. Are, Are we watching that serious? one? Yeah, Bad Lieutenant's next. Oh, is it? I yeah. thought Mandy was next. No, no. Bad Lieutenant. We got five. We got five this one. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, we got Bad Lieutenant, and then Mandy, and then The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay. Super We're excited Nick for Cage. that one. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Nick Cage himself. <laughs> I'm yeah. very excited for that one. But okay, so we got a nine, a nine, and a eight and a half. Eight and a half. All right. Well, we're we're doing our second week real strong with Snake Eyes. Thanks for listening. This is going to do it for this episode of DQB Does. Uh, next week we will continue Nick Cage Month with uh, Bad Lieutenant. That's not the full title, is it? Uh, it no. Uh, Port of Call. Port of Call. Because it's Lieutenant, like it's a Port of uh, Call. It's a sequel to yeah, a, a Harvey a, Keitel movie. Yes, we already went through that, didn't yeah. we? Uh, I think we that wasn't on mic. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a sequel to a much older movie. Um, but yeah, so we're going to con- continue Nick Cage Month with Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call. Port of Call, New Orleans. New Orleans. I thought there was... Oh like my God, city. it's a long-ass title. Yeah. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Good luck finding that anywhere. <laughs> I'm sure I, it's on... Amazon Prime, but it's just like a crazy ass name for a movie. Uh, here it says it's on Freebie, so you can watch it on Crackle. And Crackle. TV. You watch it on Crackle, Freebie, Peacock, with a subscription, uh, Plex, Pluto TV, or yes, Dave, the infamous Tubi. Tubi's infamous? I only ever see it on IMDb. Hello, Tubi. <laughs> oh, I might watch it on Peacock. I have a Peacock subscription, I think. You do? I'm Shane with a Peacock subscription. I don't know why. (laughs) Anyway. Your Peacock subscription. No, I watch it on my Peacock subscription. Yeah, use yours. Uh, (laughs) I don't have one. We live in the same house. (laughs) Anyway. Uh... Thanks for listening. You can find us on all the social medias by searching Draft Quarters Productions. Please find us on Patreon. And subscribe to our $1 tier so that we can afford to have Bruce Campbell come on and uh, do one of the movies with us. This isn't actually going to happen, <laughs> Probably guys. just a cameo. Just, we're going to do a... Like, if we... Seriously, if we if he's on cameo and we get enough money, money, we are seriously considering trying to get Bruce Campbell to do a cameo for uh, April because... Uh, Evil Dead Rise is coming out April 21st, and we are thinking about doing Evil Dead Month. 
So, uh, please find us on Patreon and subscribe to the $1 tier if you haven't already. If you already are, thank you very much. Uh, email us, draftyq at gmail.com. I actually had a question for all our listeners. If you want to email us at, us at draftyq at gmail.com, would you guys want us to shout you out on the show for being Patreon subscribers? Ooh. Um, if you do, let us know. Uh, that could be kind of fun. But yeah, every week if someone subscribes, we can shout them yeah. out. That'd be fun. We'll we'll shout out our, our main subscribers and then shout out new people. But yeah, thank you very much. Have a wonderful night. Thanks for coming out next week. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Third longest movie title ever. I don't know about that. It's not. You know they say back two, three hundred years ago, pirates put phony lighthouses right out by those big rocks. Right out there. Ships would set course by the lights, crash on the rocks, then everybody would go out and rob them blind. Only thing that's changed since then, the lights are brighter. That's good. Did you write that? No. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. uh, Brian De Palma and David Cope did. Oh, uh, okay. It was good. This has been a production of the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network.